0: Welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eshin. In a previous episode, number 20, I talked about how setting boundaries and loving limits can help you run your family more smoothly. You communicate the boundaries up front in a loving way, and you allow for consequences to happen when the boundaries are exceeded. It sounds so easy when I say it, right? Well, easier said than done. A few days ago, I ran into a family who'd been to my classes and lectures and have been trying to implement good boundaries over the classic issue in all our homes, screen time. They set up clear boundaries, 30 minutes a day, for their fifth grade boy. Their son knew the rule, but the parents told me that just about every day, as soon as he was done with his 30 minutes, he immediately started asking for more time. And he kept asking. And asking and asking dad felt their boundary worked about seventy percent of the time meaning their son got no extra screen time but 25 percent of their time their son got more time hmm mom and dad were not in agreement that the 75 percent was a good success rate Dad thought it was pretty good, but mom thought they could do better however, both of them were in agreement about one thing that their son begging was really. Getting to them. Our kids are smart. When we give in 25% of the time, we give them permission to ignore our boundaries, which can easily lead to begging, which is way better than 0%. So why not try it? That's what goes on in our kids' brains without them even having to think about it. What's a parent to do? How do you get beyond the begging for more when you have been quite clear about the limits? there are two things that I'd recommend. The first is to use a simple phrase, and what did I say? When they ask for more screen time, it would sound like, and what is the limit? Have them repeat the limit back to you. Then say nothing, or at most, give them empathy that limits are hard. Give them real empathy. I'm sorry this is so hard on you. The next would be to have consequences for complaining and whining about not liking whatever limit they don't like. Love and Logic recommends using energy drain when things like this happen that don't have natural consequences. It sounds like, wow, this is so sad. It really drains my energy when I keep getting asked for more screen time when you know you've already had your time for the day. How would you like to put energy back in mom? Notice my calm voice with empathy. I'm sad that they've crossed the line and need to put energy back. Feel free to be even more dramatic when they start asking for more screen time. Oh, my oh my, my head, it's awful. It's of my whole body is draining of energy. Ugh, being asked for more screen time is just the worst. What are you going to do to help put my energy back? I'll go sit here on the couch for a while and recover while you figure it out. Doesn't that sound fun? I have a handy list nearby on my fridge or in my head for things they can do to replace the energy drained by their pestering me. It might be making dinner or sweeping the floor. It could be dusting or putting lotion on my hands. It is something your child does for you that they don't normally do, possibly one of your regular jobs. The idea is to get their brains off thinking about their selfish requests onto the impact of their behavior and what it has on other people. This is true for all ages of kids. 2-year-olds might be dusting or vacuuming, while 16-year-olds might be making dinner. I'll put a link to my energy drain idealist in the show notes. But what do you do if they don't put your energy back? This is where things get a little harder. You'll have to have something happen, a consequence, when they fail to put your energy back. You'll need to know what your child's currency is, what lever you have over things you do for them that they want you to keep doing. Here are some ideas I drive kids to school who've put my energy back. I read books at bedtime to kids who've put my energy back. I drive kids to the store to shop who've put my energy back. I serve dinner to kids who've put my energy back. If you're able, To ask for the replacement in a loving and consistent manner, your kids should view you as fair and reliable, even if they don't always agree with the rules. No yelling is needed, no long lectures, just empathy. This is so sad you're having trouble with boundaries. You do have to be prepared for a tantrum or two when you've had to use a lever to get them to put your energy back, but stay strong. You can do it. Next, I want to talk about why boundaries fail. Just a minute or two to go over a few reasons why some of your boundaries might not be working in your home. The first, boundaries are undefined. This is where you think they should know what the boundaries are, but you never actually said it out loud. Number two, boundaries are too flexible. This is what happened to my family with the screen time issue. The kids don't know when mom and dad might enforce the limit, but there are limits. Number three, boundaries have too much negativity. When boundaries are always negative, it makes kids want to rebel. There is a lot of you can't do this or that. Fourth, boundaries have no consequences. You set a limit and then you don't do anything when the limit is broken. Fifth. Too many boundaries. This is when parents are trying to control way too many aspects of kids' lives, and the kids have no room to breathe, and they're always breaking their rules every 10 minutes because there are so many rules. How do we set good boundaries? I want to do a quick review of how you do set good boundaries to take away some of the problems that we were just talking about. Number one, define the boundaries. I love to recommend families have family meetings to help define and set limits so that no one is surprised and everyone has some input into the rules when it's possible and even the consequences. Two, make it positive. You want to tell your kids what they can do, not what they can't do. Three, have consequences. Kids need to know what will happen if they choose to disobey or ignore you. Four be consistent. We talked about that already. Five, be reasonable. I mentioned that it's great to make a list of family rules, but be careful not to create so many rules that your kids feel they don't have choices and will start to rebel. It's best if you can incorporate ways for your kids to have a feedback loop, especially when setting up new rules as your kids grow. Six, be calm and loving. When our kids give us grief, Feel free to go brain dead. Mom, this sucks that I can't use screens when all my friends get to do it all the time. Your response is going to be, I know, in a boring but loving tone. You can always talk with your child at a later time to ask for feedback if you get too much grief, but not in the moment when their emotions are activated and they're complaining or whining. That's all for now. I hope this was helpful. There is a transcript for this on my blog, and I'll put a link as well to the episode 20 that has information as well as my energy drain idea list. If you have a chance to leave a review for me on Google, Yelp, or any podcasting site, that would be super helpful for me. As always, feel free to email me with questions, mary at parentingdecoded.com. That's all for now. Take care and be safe. Have a blessed rest of your day.